Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you ultimate control. With the XFi app, you can pause the Wi-Fi at the push of a button. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On the program, I have track and field athlete Ashley Henderson. She's going to talk about her career and also the impact of the coronavirus on sports and society and more. That's all coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. Do your part to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Don't touch your eyes, nose, or mouth with unwashed hands and avoid coming in close contact with others. If you are feeling sick, stay home unless you are leaving for medical care. To learn more about COVID-19 and how the City of St. Louis Department of Health is handling the virus, visit stlouis-mo.gov for updates and information. For every winning team, a key to success is learning the playbook. That's true in football, and it's also true as we take on the coronavirus. The spread of the coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Everyone has a role to play as we face this challenge together. Cover your cough with your elbow like this. Wash your hands thoroughly, a full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, Phone your help provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Protect your at-risk family members, including the elderly. If you're not at risk, take care as you go about your daily business. Get the facts now from coronavirus.gov and your state health department. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health. Hello, Louisiana. Governor John Bell Edwards. We are in a serious fight against COVID-19. Sadly, the number of positive cases and deaths are on the rise. We need to slow the spread, but it isn't possible without your cooperation. Every single person has an important role to play. Wash your hands with warm, soapy water for 20 seconds. Use hand sanitizer. Maintain social distancing. Stay home if you're sick and follow directives of your local leaders. Together, we will make it through this. God bless. 
Feeding San Diego is working diligently to respond to the rapidly increasing need for food during the COVID-19 pandemic. Widespread school and business closures, wage loss, and limited access to food are impacting countless people throughout the community. Feeding San Diego has launched drive through emergency food distributions across San Diego County to help meet the needs. This is a community that looks after each other even while we distance ourselves in the name of health and safety. Visit feedingsandiego.org slash coronavirus to make a gift to the COVID-19 response fund. All right, everybody, welcome back to the program. And as you've heard uh, before, currently what's going on in our world right now with the COVID-19, just please stay safe, stay inside, and do your part to protect yourself and to protect the others around you. And um, speaking of staying in and staying safe, um, stay in, stay safe, and uh, listen to this great show that we have for you uh, right now. As uh, We want to welcome to the Robinson Show track and field athlete Ash Henderson. Hello, Ash. How's everything? Hi, good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. So uh, every story has an upbringing. You you're, um, you mm-hmm. began your uh, career in your hometown of St. Louis. Now, I know St. Louis mm-hmm. has had football, and the NFL recently left St. Louis a few years ago, and the XFL mm-hmm. is there currently with the Battlehawks. But we know mm-hmm. St. Louis to be a baseball town. It's home of the – St. Louis Cardinals. So tell me, did you play, um, should I say, um, what's, what was the track and field scene like for you uh, growing up in St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Was it something that people participated in or was it kind of like something that was an afterthought? Yeah, absolutely. Track and field is uh, really big um, in St. Louis, Missouri. There's a lot of track leads or even Olympians like Jackie Jonah Kersey and Dawn Harper who have come out of St. Louis themselves and East St. Louis. So, um, yeah, track is definitely definitely have a couple of people coming out of St. Louis that have made a really big mark and name for themselves um, in track and field. And again, those are people like Jackie Joyner Kersey and um, Don Harper. Okay, well that's interesting. That's right, because I, I forgot that uh, Jackie Joyner was from from the area, and I know Don Harper mm-hmm. was a popular hurdle. I didn't know she was from the area as well. But um, yeah. So um, yeah, you hit me up on something interesting right there. So with with those two being from the area and then you coming from the area and being a part of mm-hmm. the uh, track and field legacy in the St. Louis area, you, you were a four mm-hmm. year a letter winner in high school in, um, in uh, your hometown in Missouri. And you post posted personal best times in the 200 and in the 400 and also in the 100, you were part of a, a relay winning team at the state meets in 2013 and 2014. So just uh, tell our audience what the uh, high school experience was like in the, uh, in the St. Louis yeah. area. Yeah, um, the in high school, the competition was pretty – it was competitive, but um, not as competitive as areas like Texas and Florida and California. You know, those areas were a little more – like, it was a little more hot. And so you had a lot of uh, good athletes coming out of those areas and those regions. But, again, there were myself and a few other young ladies I ran with at that time that were really good. And so I had some – competition it wasn't really easy but um I was able though to have a an amazing high school career and been able and I was able to get a full ride scholarship to go to San Diego State all right and then you transitioned from your high school career going into San Diego State 
university where mm-hmm. you were an All-American and you were there all four years, and you did very well mm-hmm. both indoor, outdoor, capturing the Mountain West mm-hmm. Outdoor Track and Field Championships in the 100, 200, also in the uh, 4 by 100 meter relay. Just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, San Diego mm-hmm. State is one of those premier athletic programs in the, um, in the Pac-12, and not just for football and baseball, but also track and field. What was the transition like going uh, uh, coming from the Midwest and, in, and to the West Coast and being at San Diego State? So um, leaving the Midwest and going over to the West Coast, it was not a bit bad transition at all. Like I, I had an easy, fairly nice, thankfully nice um, transition. Um, I think that was definitely part of the reason why like my coaches and my family and I knew like me going that far wasn't going to be probably like a big deal and no one was like really nervous about me moving and leaving home and going so far away because my personality and everyone who knows me would know like oh yeah like Ashley's going to be fine like that's that's totally her like she's going to be fine but um the transition was like I said fairly easy I mean I I like literally feel like I fit right on in um there was nothing that was necessarily challenging other than just getting used to different cultures, you know, the way that Californians and San Diegans, they live and how things are and the norms and stuff there versus in the Midwest. And, you know, it's just, it's just different cultures and different regions, so that was to be expected. So that was something I did have to adjust to, but um, it wasn't a hard transition at all. I mean, San Diego is an awesome city. It's full of friendly, nice people. So it wasn't like people were difficult, and then obviously there's nice weather. So I had I, I I got it pretty easy. I didn't have a bad transition at all. Well, definitely that easy transition that you had um, paid off, and it showed on the track mm-hmm. as the team you excelled at San Diego State. You were the mm-hmm. 2016, 2017, and 2018 Mountain West Women's Outdoor Track and Field most outstanding performer. So you definitely were um, a star on the rise. Were there, um, were there mm-hmm. a lot of um, – did you have any mentors during your time at San Diego State? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, several. I mean, just from starting with my head coach, Sheila Burrell, um, she was – she's been she's still a mentor to me to this day. So um, definitely her, uh, my academic advisor, sport advisor, um, Sabrina White, uh, Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I had tons. Like, there were tons of people that I was able to make and still have substantial relationships with to this day um, along the way at San Diego State and, like, mentoring relationships. Like, that's what I'm most grateful for. It was one of my biggest takeaways from San Diego State, not just so my athletic career, but literally I was able to really create and maintain and sustain great relationships amongst a lot of people, and a lot of those people are mentors to me to this day. That's very important to maintain those relationships. And mm-hmm. I just want to make a correction. San Diego, I want to let the audience know, I, I misquoted and said the Pac-12. San Diego State is not in the Pac-12. San Diego State is in the Mountain West Conference. Just let me mm-hmm. let you want to let everybody be clear on that. So, so with you, um, again, during your time at San Diego State and you, uh, your, mm-hmm. your team, the, the Aztecs, made a run mm-hmm. in the Mountain West Conference. And I'm looking at uh, school records that you set, uh, well, not just school records, but collegiate best. You set school records yeah. and collegiate best in the 60 meters, 100 meters, 200 meters, and the uh, 4 by 100 meter relay. What mm-hmm. was the, uh, mm-hmm. in your opinion, what was the best event that you excelled in uh, during your time at the university? 
So that's a great question. I get this question a lot because I do both one and the 200 meters. Um, I would I would personally say that I excelled the most in and the best in would be the 100 meters being the fact that I came out of high school running 11.8, 11.9 consistently. And I went on to San Diego State and I ran my first, I think it was like 11. I think my freshman year, I ended up running, I just, I ran 400 and then I turned around like 30 minutes later and I, they threw me in the 100 and I ended up turning around running like 11-2. Something that was like really shocking and really shocking to my coaches. And ever since then, I've never seen a 400 again. <laughs> I just only was running the 100 and the 200 meters and um, went on to then ex- continue to excel in the 100 meters running my personal best, which is 1091. So I would like to say that the 100 is probably the most, the best event that I probably excelled in the most is being the fact of where I came from in high school with the 100. I mean, again, I was running 11.8 like consistently in high school. Like I've never ran faster than like 11.8 in high school. And then I came to college and with hard work and with, you know, new training, new coaches and stuff, I ran, I mean, dropped two seconds, (laughs) so that's pretty impressive, at least to me it is, being where I know I came from, or my times I know I came from, but yeah, I would like to consider the 100, probably the best event that I've pretty much excelled in, at least an impressive acceleration in. Okay, well, not only did you have your, uh, not only did you fulfill all your athletic endeavors at San Diego State, but you also stayed all four years, and you, you graduated. And uh, what did you earn your degree mm-hmm. in? I got my degree in uh, the studies of communication. Um, I was actually going to – I was looking to study um, law. So I was doing, like, pre-law stuff, and I came into San Diego State as a freshman, like, had my head set on wanting to go to law school, wanting to go to law school. Um, but college, that just – quickly change actually college would do that to you and I actually started to figure out what it is I liked and what I didn't like and the field of communication was more what I was leaning towards for the field that I actually would like to go into um, post-track and field career. Okay can you just explain to our audience like what what the field of study that you graduated and what does that consist of? Mm, yeah so I mean the, the field of communication is pretty broad it's a uh, it's just, it's like kind of similar to journalism a little bit, but um, they definitely have their different angles and different, the fields that are a little different. But um, the field of communication, I mean, you just pretty much study communication and study everything that has anything to do with type of communication. Um, but what I wanted to do with communication with my degree is I would actually like to work in the like sports media industry um, in hopes of becoming like a, a producer for like a sports network of some sort. Um, that's just what I kind of want to do with my degree, but I actually enjoyed studying communication. I got to learn a lot about a lot. <laughs> communication is way more complex than, you know, it's not as seamless as we make it seem and it's way more complex than what it is. So yeah, just basically the field of communication just goes really, really in depth on communication and the root of communication and how that has an effect on everything in our lives. Not even just verbal communication, but it can be like nonverbals and yeah. So a study communication as long with uh, studying sign language along with it. Yeah. 
All right. Awesome. Awesome to hear. And um, so mm-hmm. after you graduated from San Diego State, you had your first, mm-hmm. uh, you made your professional debut at the Athletics mm-hmm. World Cup in London in 2018. You won the 100-meter yeah. dash. That play, that race took place at Olympic Stadium in London, and you uh, you went up in a, in a talented field that included the 2016 Olympic gold medalist from Jamaica, Elaine Thompson. What was that experience yeah. like having your uh, first professional race in London against an Olympic champion? Yeah, um, it was a lot. It was a lot to take away. Um, I didn't actually even realize what was done until once I was gone and left London, like on the plane and back in the States already. Um, because for me, I like to just go out and compete and just like my number one thing is I'm just, I'm there, I'm trying to win. I don't care what time I run. I just, I want to win. So I knew that I was going to be running in a really competitive field with a bunch of great women as well. And so I didn't, um, I was nervous, of course, but I knew that, you know, I was just as good and I came in with confidence and was, I just wanted to win. And I was going to run whatever way I could to make it to the line first. <laughs> and that's all I focused on. And I didn't care about times. I didn't even really care too much about who was in the na- lanes next to me. Once I got out there, it was just like, I'm just, I just want to win. So um, that's all I focused on. So I was happy that I won. But then once I, like, realized, again, if I'm already gone from London, I was just didn't understand how – I started to understand, excuse me, how impactful that was that, that was my first race that was on a really big, you know, platform. And it was with an Olympic gold medalist. And, and it doesn't take away from her at all. Like, everyone who knows track and field or just sports in general, everyone has good days. Everyone that, that doesn't have good days, you win some, you lose some. Um, doesn't take away how incredible she is as an athlete and all of her success. Um, but it did help me to see that I am just as talented and I could be just as great or better as all of these women, and to not be afraid and fearful. Because, I mean, if, if anybody saw that heat sheet before going out and having to compete, you would have been extremely intimidated. <laughs> so it's like I'm glad that I was able to or hopefully able to set an example for other younger athletes to just, you know, you may be the newbie out there, but you're not there for you no know, reason. You're You're there for a reason too. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. And then you took – that experience that you had in, in last year in the 2019 IAAF World Relays in the women's 4 by 100 meter relay, you were a member of mm-hmm. Team USA. You were alongside All-Americans, uh, Makaya uh, Briscoe, also Desiree mm-hmm. Bryant, and Aaliyah Hobbs. And you, mm-hmm. you ladies well, won first place and with a time of uh, 42.51 seconds. So that had to have been interesting, and that took place in Yokohama, uh, Nissan Stadium in Yokohama, Japan. So uh, mm-hmm. tell our audience what that experience was like just teaming up with, with those mm-hmm. All-Americans in their own right. Oh, my. That's, that was my first World Relays. Um, it was exciting. First of all, being in Tokyo where the Olympics were going to be held this year at, was exciting. It was exciting to kind of get that first breath of seeing what, you know, what Tokyo was going to look like and then just, getting that fresh breath of, okay, I'm like, this is what it's going to look like, and this is what I'm going to probably be coming back to in hopes of making the 2020 Olympic team. But um, being there in Tokyo and with those ladies on that relay, it was so much fun. I mean, fun is like the headline for world relays in Yokohama. It was so fun because, I mean, Tokyo is beautiful and amazing, so that made it fun, and then those ladies made it fun. We did nothing but just have fun. 
there was it wasn't difficult working with those ladies. We got in, we got our work in at practice, and we were out in the streets in Tokyo having a good time. And then when we was ready to take care of business, we did it, and we did it with having fun. So having fun led us to an even better victory because it was it was fun for us. It wasn't super like overwhelming and yeah, like we just we went out there just to have fun. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool experience. Um, actually, probably one of my top five like best experiences. Uh, with my overseas travel. Yeah, it's always great to hear, especially if there's nothing better mm-hmm. than you're having fun, uh, a job that you enjoy doing, yeah. and then you have other people that have the same mission and purpose. That's always, it's all, it always makes it even sweeter. So, you know, yeah. you've had some uh, great moments so far in your career, but unfortunately, um, we have, the world is in a standstill right now, Um COVID-19, mm-hmm. the coronavirus is at an impact, mm-hmm. not just on sports, but on everyday living, just um, yeah. society, things that we do on a daily basis. It, the, the world is just at a at a standstill right now. Um, yeah. How has the coronavirus impacted you as far as your athletic life and just with, with your uh, everyday conversations with your family? Yeah, so the coronavirus has definitely had, has had the biggest impact on my life life yet that I've ever seen yet and I mean I'm only 24 years old so I know there's been plenty of people in this world that have probably seen worse or maybe not but this has for me in the modern era and in modern day has been the most impactful crises or just particular thing ever to happen to me um, and so for me why that is so impactful for me is because my job is you know it, it involves me being out even being around people, even touching things. Um, but, yeah, definitely being out right now and not staying at home is not what's being suggested. And so that is impactful because I now I can't go and really do my job. I have to uh, make some alterations and do some things here in my home that I can best that I can, um, but still have to do the job. Like we still are training, even though that the Olympics have been postponed to 2021. Um, the season has not been canceled yet. We are just under a postponement of the season. Um, we were told we cannot start competing in May and possibly may not even still be able to compete come May. But just when the whole Corona got really bad, they went on and just go ahead, postponed all the meets and everything until May. So, yeah, so athletes are still training, but we are training at a really strict restriction. <laughs> that restriction is not – likely for track and field athletes um, you know we need to sprint we put our spikes on and you know we do some sprint endurance work and <laughs> some block starts so uh, you can't necessarily do that in your home or in your living room so it's definitely played a huge part on my job and in my family I you know I can't really see my family I would love to go and see my family but I want to keep them safe so I don't want to be in and out of airports and just yeah and vice versa so Definitely has been really impactful. Um, I'm eager and interested to see how this is going to continue to play out because, again, like I said, we just we've never seen anything like this happen. So we don't know what to expect and we don't know really what to do because this is something that we've never had to ever deal with yet. Fair enough. I'm going to talk more about Tokyo in, in uh, just one moment. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, right now, um, USA Swimming said that if the, we know every well, we all know now that the Olympics have been postponed until summer of next year, summer of 2021, mm-hmm. before the decision mm-hmm. was made by the, the IOC, USA Swimming had already made it known that they weren't going to send their athletes 
in the event that, mm-hmm. for, for instance, if, if the Olympics was still going to gonna go on, USA mm-hmm. Swimming and then USA Track and Field also had made the call, said that we're not sending the athletes as well. And then there were other countries, I believe it was Canada and Australia, that also said that mm-hmm. they were pulling out as well. And then that's when the IOC pulled out and said that we're just going to have it until next summer. Do you think mm-hmm. they should have made the decision much earlier? Do you think they, they mm-hmm. made it at mm-hmm. the right time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so my intake on all that was as we saw the progression of how bad the coronavirus was getting, um, we start seeing March Madness and the NCAA, NBA, all these like other sports platforms were getting their seasons canceled or just canceled overall. And so one same Corona though, I was seeing the IOC still saying that the Olympic games were still on schedule. And so I thought it was a little bit insensitive to continue to say that it's going to be on schedule being the fact that, A, there are people that have died from this, and, you know, it's, it's clear that it's a pretty serious thing and a big deal if the NBA and NCAA is March Madness and all those things are being canceled. It's like I thought it was a little bit insensitive on the IOC to say they're going to continue on with the Olympics instead of maybe just saying I think they, might, they should have probably put that in the atmosphere a little earlier, and it would definitely would have helped the uncertainty with the Olympic athletes and just athletes in general to kind of know and figure out what's going on. Cause right now everyone was, and everyone is still in this place of uncertainty. We don't know if our season is going to continue or not, but at that time when the Olympic games were still on schedule, I mean, we were just still training thinking we we're going to have Olympic trial soon and go to the Olympics, but we just kind of also had it in the back of our heads. So like, well, coronavirus is getting a little worse. Things are getting canceled, major events and you know, championships are getting canceled as well. And so, yeah, I, 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 I wish the IOC would have just said a little sooner, right earlier about postponing it possibly, rather than just saying they're going to still push for it. Um, I, I just thought it was a little insensitive to the, the, the situation right now as they, like it's something that we could do about it and no one asked for this. This is a very unfortunate thing, but it's a real thing. I thought it would have been pretty interesting to bring millions of people to Tokyo, Japan, and then have those millions of people go back to their respective countries that that would have been just another crisis waiting to happen. So yeah, I think they probably should have said something sooner, but I mean, they did now. So there it is. And I think they made the right decision. Yeah. I, I totally agree. They did make the right decision. They should have just made it earlier, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, they did mm-hmm. make the right decision. And you mentioned about USA track and field for the moment. Events have been postponed for, for the time being until May. Now, this is whenever it's an Olympic year, Ash, it's always mm-hmm. it's always a lot of events. The springtime and the early part of springtime going into the early part of the fall is always busy in track and field. You've got Drake relays. Mm-hmm. You've got Mount Stack relays. You've got the pin mm-hmm. relays, which are huge in Philly. And you've got the Prefontaine Classic in Oregon. And, of course, the Texas relays. And there's the Adidas Grand Prix and the uh, mm-hmm. Adidas Boots game in Boston. So it's so much going on at the time. And then Milrose um, in New York City. So it's so much going on at that time. And New Balance as well. So, um, had you been prepared before the, the pandemic really took off? Had had you had plans to compete in those competitions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some of those competitions you just named, yeah. Myself and my training partners, we had 
plans and tickets booked, <laughs> um, flights booked to compete in, yeah, some of those competitions you just named. Yep. Okay, so now that well, so now that Tokyo has been postponed and it will go on um, in the summer of 2021. So, uh, what mm-hmm. steps are, are you taking from now up until then to to prepare for Tokyo? Um, so again, like right now, we are still sitting in a place of uncertainty because we don't know if we're gonna still have a track season or not. Um, we've just been told that the season has been postponed until the IWF postponed the season until at least May 12th, I believe, um, sometime in May, until May, May-ish. Um, but even come around May, there still may be a, a, a chance that we still can't compete, and then there may just be a chance they're just going to go ahead and cancel the entire season. If they do so, then the training will change to go ahead and just look re- look to getting ready for Tokyo and the indoor world championships next year. Um, yeah, my coach has discussed the, the precautions of what can happen if we do continue to have a season, then, yeah, we're going to continue to train and obviously go and race as meet. And if not, then the training will just alter a bit and start making preparations for 2021. Okay, fair enough. So while in the mm-hmm. meantime, while you're waiting on uh, you and your training partner, waiting for preparations for Tokyo, you have a mm-hmm. signed a deal, an endorsement deal, uh, or a lot of track and field athletes with with professional athletes. They depend on races to uh, as a as a means mm-hmm. of income, but they also have endorsement deals as well. And you recently signed a contract with Adidas. Can you tell our audience about that? Yeah. Um, so, a little bit after my debut in London, um, I finally went through the process of figuring out what shoe company and you know what route I was going to take as far as the endorsement deals and the shoe companies um that process takes a little bit of time I had to realize that it wasn't as fast as I thought it was going to be (laughs) so uh after everything and I finally made the decision to sign with uh, Adidas and um with that it's it is an endorsement deal it's more like a contractual deal amongst the athlete and the company um, at least with track and field. I think it works a lot differently with each sport, but with track and field, that's kind of how it works. Um, I mean, yes, athletes do, we do really heavily depend on the prize money or appearance fees that we can get from uh, doing meets and stuff, and especially overseas. But now that that's kind of been put on hold, I know a lot of athletes like myself, like, are upset about that but being that we do have a shoe deal or those athletes who do have a shoe deal you still do receive your annual salary and I know every shoe company pays their athletes differently but you do still at the end of the day are going to receive a salary from your shoe company however there are certain contractual requirements that's supposed to be met each year And, and again everyone contracts is different but just it's pretty basic in contracts. You know, you have reductions and you have you have certain requirements that are supposed to be met, at least by the end of each season, each year. Um, the big question for all athletes is how are shoe companies going to respond being this, to, you know, the coronavirus is hit and we are, we can't do anything about it. <laughs> we can't run. It's not, it's not like our fault. It's out of our control. So, a lot of athletes are waiting to see how our shoe companies are going to respond about how they are going to respond to reductions and just how are they going to handle 
that as far as what athletes in their contracts. But um, as of right now, you know, athletes who do have contracts, they are, again, still going to receive their checks. It's just interesting to see how it's going to play out on on a contract set, of, you know, getting cut and getting reduced or maybe not getting cut and reduced, just getting a grace period. And, you know, it's so we're just, everyone's waiting around for that too. So there's a lot of uncertainty right now because we're trying to see, because the shoe companies have to get paid as well. And right now they're not getting paid or no money is being made for the shoe companies because no one's running. So, yeah. Really oh, impactful. wow. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> that, that's really, it yeah. is impactful. And it's very interesting because, again, you mentioned about, I knew some things from talking to track and field athletes that they do earn prize money and appearance fees, but then you kind of open up the, another door when you talked about you know, shoe companies and, you know, salary uh, reductions and things of that nature. That's, that's something that not just as the audience have learned, but, but I've learned as well. I never knew it was, I never knew it was, I mean, yeah. I knew it was something interesting, but I never knew it was anything like that with a lot of, you know, a lot of um, information tied to it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it would be nice to just, run in their clothes and they just give us stuff for free and for no reason, that would be great. But uh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> oh. Okay. Interesting. Well, in, in the meantime, so while you're, uh, while the whole world is uh, waiting for this uh, pandemic to, to die out, you've been pretty busy uh, with your YouTube channel. Can you tell our audience just a little bit about what you do with the, uh, with your YouTube channel? Yeah. So I actually need to use this time of a quarantine at home to go ahead and just, edit and upload some videos um so yeah with my youtube channel i decided to use started to or sorry i started decided to start a youtube channel to have another like outlet and platform as be myself and you know gain following of those who are interested in track and field and you know fitness and just yeah that sort so what i use my youtube channel for is definitely for vlogging when i'm out overseas at different countries and at different meets. I think that is really pretty, is really cool. Um, and, and, and then just stuff about like, I mean, I'm still a normal person and a human, but I definitely, I consider a public figure for track and field, especially. So I like to just go ahead and show people, give people a little bit of the ins and out of our lives. Cause a lot of people may think they know what it is when they see things on TV and not even just with athletes and track and field, but all athletes or people in general. But I try to do the best that I can to just kind of, like, give people, like, no, this is, like, this is this, this is ill, this is all, this is my authentic self, this is our life. And um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool for me to open up like that, too, because I'm really like a private person. So be, being that I'm YouTubing and kind of, like, letting people in my space that I'm, like, so guarded on, it was difficult at first, but... I actually really enjoy it now because it has helped educate a lot of people. I've had tons of people DM me on Instagram and was shocked that I train four days out of the week. They're like, oh, I didn't even know you guys train that much. I thought it was just, you know, one, two times. Or I didn't know you have to do this much. Or I didn't know, you know. So it's cool to see that it is educating. Now I guess I have an educational purpose platform. <laughs> but it, um, YouTubing is fun. It's cool. I actually haven't YouTubed lately. But, again, I probably need to being there's nothing else to do right now. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of time on your hands, and uh, you working on your yeah. YouTube channel. So, tell our audience now where they can find you, Ash, on social media, and if you have a website, let them know that as well. 
Yeah, um, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Both um, at names are I am simply Ash. Um, those are actually the only two social medias I use. I heard I had a Snapchat, but I, that's not my Snapchat. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's me on social media, and, and my YouTube channel is linked in both my Twitter and Instagram bio, so you can find that easily there. And, yeah, follow, like, subscribe, hit me in my DM. I'm always responding and talking to people through my DMs because I, I love to. I love to talk and help people as much as I can. So, so yep, that's me. <laughs> Well, you heard it from her. She's Ash Henderson. She's a track and field athlete. Uh, she's done her. She did her thing in high school, and she did her thing in college. And hopefully, we'll see her uh, as a member of the United States Olympic track and field team in Tokyo in 2021. And also doing her thing and spreading her wings and doing big things with uh, Adidas and also with the YouTube channel as well. Ash, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule you. to be with us on the Robinson Show. And if you ever want to come back on, feel free to let us know. Thank you. I appreciate it. Stay safe. You too, and stay safe as well. And um, that's going to do it for another edition of The Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson. And remember, put God first in everything you do, and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. I'm out. Be safe. Be careful. Stay inside. Bye-bye. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. What's up, everybody? Uh, I know this time is pretty hectic and crazy, and there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, out there. But uh, just want to take the time to encourage everybody to practice social distancing to the best of their abilities. I know, um, you know, people are in a lot of different situations and a lot of demands, you know, from person to person. But as best we can, practice social distancing so we can get rid of the spread of this virus as soon as possible. Flatten the curve. Make sure you stay six feet away from people. Wash your hands when you're going inside, outside as much as you can. Water and soap. And uh, we can all come together collectively to stop the spread of this virus. So everybody do their part. I'm doing mine. I'm at home. Me and my family really enjoying family time. Um, but as best you can, social distance yourself. And uh, we can flatten the curve and get rid of this virus as soon as possible. Appreciate it. Stop the spread. Let's do it. Are you feeling under the weather, green around the gills, not 100%, sick as a dog? Then be a no-show and stay out of the loop. Don't crunch the numbers and work inside the box. In other words, if you're sick, stay home from work. Stay.